1: And welcome to Broads and Books I'm Erin
0: And I'm Amy And this is episode number 99 Somebody that I used to know Somebody Mm -hmm.
1: That I used to know
0: Yeah Remember this song?
1: Oh, I want to sing it so bad (laughs)
0: You always do. You always want to sing I always songs. want to sing it. Do you think you're a head. frustrated singer in your head? Like you really wanted to be a singer and your mm-hmm. body's not allowing you to be? I think so. Okay. I think,
1: yeah, there's some part of me that thinks I could have been a star. Mm-hmm. 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 So I always want to sing the song. And I, I get uh, earworms really easily. So then a song's in my head and I just really want to sing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, really, I picked this song this week as a theme because I felt like it was great for, you know, characters that have changed. Yeah. People that are different. Somebody that you used to know. Somebody
0: that you used to know. Yes. The betrayal of somebody turning into someone you don't recognize.
1: <laughs> somebody having the audacity to change. <laughs> how dare you. How dare you. How dare
0: you, sir. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were just saying before we started how melodramatic this song it's is. And very it's very so...
0: overwrought. It's very. <laughs> overwrought but favorite. I loved it
1: at the time when it I came know. out.
0: It was great. I remember I had a friend who uh, was going through a breakup, and mm. this was his karaoke du jour, like, and oh. got really into, into it. it. Yeah, into yeah, it, and much. just yelling into that microphone. And I wonder how much of karaoke is just therapy for a lot of people. I think
1: a lot. Yeah, I think a lot. Yeah, I, and it' good for you. It's a great I mean, therapy. Yeah, and sometimes it's fun to watch mm-hmm. it, it mm-hmm. happen. Sometimes not so much, but sometimes
0: yes, you get a gem. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I can ne- I can say that I never delivered a gem. I've karaoke before. I'm sure it was yeah. terrible. I was highly drunk.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can't say I've ever delivered a great mm. performance. Mm-mm. 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 <laughs> so talking about people that we used to know, what do you think the main difference between you in your early adult life and you now?
0: I think I thought I was so smart. <gasps> oh. I thought I was just...
1: Bit of a smarter pants?
0: Like intellectually smart but also like I thought I had things figured out Uh, and that I was like radical because I knew early on I didn't want to have kids I didn't want to get married and I thought god damn I'm in so fucking smart for figuring (laughs) that out that it's all just a you know that Mm -hmm. it's not for me Mm
1: -hmm.
0: what I didn't realize is like I was still very deep in diet culture all the things that we talked about Mm -hmm. that we've talked about on the show I was still very much In the mind of like a feminist who wants to just be one of the guys and doesn't like other girls and doesn't have like girl friendships, like all of that kind of bullshit. Sure, Mm -hmm. so many biases Mm -hmm. of so much. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think I thought that I was just a smart cookie, Mm -hmm. and I was more of a broken cookie, or like a (laughs) a a cookie developing, a developing developing underbaked cookie, cookie? an underbaked cookie. Yes, you're on your way. Just re- I was on my way. What happened was I needed to change the recipe slightly. Okay. To get, you know. Right. Right. Just to be better. Just to be better. Just
1: slightly better. Yeah. Okay.
0: I mean, listen, I'm so smart right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would say you got it all figured out. Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm not going to change it all going no, forward. No, I would expect you not to. I am a finished person now.
1: As I would, I would be very upset <laughs> if you had the audacity to change at this point and ruin everything. So I know
0: everything there is to know. Yes, and yeah, that that's, sounds accurate. That's where I'm yeah. at. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What that about you? Good. Do you feel like there's a major difference between your early adult, early mm-hmm. adult life, and now?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go ahead, quote Cardi B here. Oh, great! I'm calm down, and I'm locked in.
0: Oh, that's a good one. Yes. I just feel
1: like I'm a little more set in who I am. Like I'm okay with certain things about myself. Mm -hmm. And I think early in early adult life, I wouldn't either have admitted that those things were true or wouldn't have been okay with them. Like I would have thought I had to change certain things. And now that's just part of who I am. Mm -hmm. And it is what it is. And this is where I'm at. And I just, I think that there's a certain piece that's come with that, that I didn't have before. Like, it's okay. I'm, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. You like it or you don't. And that's okay. Not everyone's going to like me. I'm not everyone's flavor. (laughs) And that's all right. You're not everyone's cookie recipe. No. Yeah. No. (laughs) No. And that's okay.
0: That's a great line from Cardi B. And I think that that's very accurate.
1: Yeah. I can't stop saying it. It's been my new thing since that song came out. I'm <laughs> calmed down and I'm locked in. My records live in the top 10. I don't have any records. They're not living in the top 10, but I like the first part. But your part.
0: metaphorical records yes. are living in the top 10. Yes.
1: I'm calmed down and I'm locked in.
0: I think that is one of the benefits of age. is yes. Yeah, you start... You achieve a calm Uh by recognizing that you can let go of a lot of shit.
1: Yes, and I don't have to get worked up about certain things Mm -hmm. anymore.
0: You can own yourself Mm -hmm. and all of the things.
1: Yes, agreed, 100%. So when we do talk about change with people, how often do you think people change? Like, we we obviously say we're different than our younger selves. But do you think that that's like an evolution that happens every year, every five years, every 10? Or is it more like life experiences shape it? Like, how does the change happen?
0: I think definitely life experiences change it. But I think, it, at least in my life, I was noticing a five-year cycle. Okay. You know, that uh, especially like in your 20s and your early 20s, I felt a certain way. And then it started changing in my later 20s and then my early 30s, all that kind of stuff. I will say, however, that I think the last... Year and a half has accelerated this tremendously. I think that every month is a year now. So we're on a whole different cycle. That's
1: true. Of change. Okay. I can get there. Yeah. But
0: also, I think not just the last year, I think like maybe the last five years of history Mm -hmm. have changed a lot. I think the speed of things has accelerated in terms of both, you know, things that are coming out in the media, all that kind of stuff, as well as our own internal change. Yeah. It's all been sped up. So I don't know what the cycle is now. Yeah, true. I can't rely yeah, on that five-year I wonder, cycle anymore.
1: Yeah, it did, which brings up a good point. It must, maybe it changes as we get, like, that time period lessens as we get older. Like, we change more frequently
0: or less frequently. Yeah, because we're calmed down and we're locked in. We're so, I don't know down, if we keep changing. We're locked in. We got and I'm this. so smart.
1: Right. So, clearly, we're not doing any more changing. So really, We've all the cycles are done. to our top level, <laughs> which is scary because <laughs> if this is my top, then...
0: Things but we're gonna... locked in, so that's fine. Yeah, yeah. So I don't. I don't know what the cycle is now, but I will okay. say that. Yeah, it's definitely lived experience. Yeah, is causing the the changes in the speed.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Thinking about who you used to be. Oh yeah. There's probably a lot of people from that time
1: mm-hmm.
0: that uh, uh, maybe not your friends anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Because that was a different you. Yeah.
0: Can you remember a time when you had an awkward encounter? with someone from your past in a place that you least expected it.
1: Yes, this is a little bit, like I'm gonna take a, this a little bit of a different way. Mm-hmm. But uh, when uh, Mason was born, I had a family doctor when I first was going through the pregnancy and he asked if I would be okay with his like student taking over and then he would be there for the birth or whatever and that's actually how i met our family doctor Mm because she happened to be the student she took over i loved her to death she was great she was there for the birth everything but because i had agreed that this was a teaching relationship i unknowingly sort of opened up my birth to a teaching situation and i I didn't Uh, know that at the time nor did i recognize that during birth because there's a lot going on right
0: i would would imagine So, so
1: My parents were there. They happened to be out in the hallway. And they said that, like, the number of people that were coming in my room was, like, alarming. And I, they thought something was wrong. And I am so deep in it. I'm not paying attention. Mike sort of paying attention, but not a ton. At some point, there was a lot of people in there, Oh, God. Mainly Watching. Oh, and because all because there's different roles in a in a birthing room, you know, like you have a nurse that's attending to you. You have a nurse that's attending to the baby. You have the the doctor that's um, doing the birth. You might have an anesthesiologist if there's an issue you have. In this case, I had the, you know, overriding doctor above the doctor that was delivering. Um, you have nurses that are on sta- standby to do certain things right after the birth. And then they had a student or whatever. I don't remember any of this. OK, fast forward a week. I'm home. And you have to take your baby in for its one-week appointment, make sure everything's good. And I walk into the doctor's office, and I'm walk, I'm getting called back by the nurse. And overwhelmingly, I'm, like, seeing faces, and I'm thinking, oh, how do I know? Oh, you were in the – Like, it had not occurred to me that they were there until I saw their faces in another setting, and then I was like, oh, my God these people were in the oh room my God. and I kind of like I got through the doctor's appointment I went home I remember asking Mike like was there a lot of people in the room and he's like yeah yeah they're like they just kept coming in and he was like I you know you never said anything about it so I never really brought it up but like an oh enormous amount that of people is terrifying. like I kept walking down the hall and seeing people and being like oh my gosh <laughs> you've seen me fully naked <laughs> like what like okay yep here's the baby and like people are coming up and like oh mason like because they were there they remembered the birth because this is part of their training and stuff which i'm in hindsight really i don't care that much because everybody's got to learn right but in the moment it was incredibly jarring i remember getting in the car and being
0: like really sweaty and like, i were do like,
1: how many people were in there because i recognized
0: all of them <laughs> No. How it feels I like your, your brain was trying to do you a solid by yes. blocking it all out. Yes. But then it couldn't handle seeing them again in a new setting.
1: I didn't know. At some point, there was a large light that was brought in uh, and like shone down uh, there for
0: better visual
1: because
0: that's something
1: you want a better visual. Wow. I had no idea about that. So I, they got there a was, real close uh-huh, view of, uh-huh. of the body. Yeah. There is no recollection of that for me.
0: Uh-uh. Which, again, I think is probably a good thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: But I remember just sort of having that like out of body, like that feels like a different person. And now I'm this person today who's fully clothed, carrying one week old, <laughs> feeling very weird.
0: A lot less vulnerable than I was a week ago. Yeah. A lot less. my vagina like, shown to everyone. <laughs>
1: yeah. In a moment where I'm like, don't care. Let's finish this. Like now I'm like, OK, I, on second thought, I do care. Yep, I do. I, I like do. I do. And my brain is pointing there. it out to me. Yeah. yeah. Could you please pretend that we never met <laughs> and you don't know my child? That would be great.
0: Thank you. That is terrifying and mortifying and all the things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would. Fi- I mean, I think you went through a little PTSD by recognizing all I those people. I, and, and that's why your body was sweating. And
1: really, if you think about it logically, I'm not sure that those were all the people that were there because how could they all just happen to be walking in the hallway? Yeah. But I just think I might recognize one or two and then realize like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like it started to flash back. You're past the like craziness yeah. of it. And Yeah you realize wow everybody saw everything that's something
0: and yeah like you said i mean it's a good thing but also
1: it also puts you in a weird like everything looks good down there now
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> like listen i've improved from yeah a week ago.
1: like you have this weird like uncomfortableness <laughs> with it like you saw it at its worst <laughs>
0: Reminds me of like weird times where you've seen someone you've had sex with and you're just like, Oh, I've seen them naked and yeah. I've seen them their face make weird weird, weird, weird motions. Yeah. Weird things. Uh-huh. Weird, uh-huh. weird things. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: hmm
0: Yikes. Yeah.
1: Somebody that I used to know <laughs> a week ago. The
0: woman that pushed a little baby outside of my body.
1: Out of my body.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well transition that, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying, and I was coming up against nothing. <laughs> How do I move from vaginal delivery uh-huh. to the next book? There is really no transition. I you so well, <laughs> you sure did. So I am just going to hard pivot to our fiction picks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So my fiction pick is called "Silence Is a Sense" by Leila Alamar, and this came out earlier this year. And the main character here is a young woman who is sitting in her England apartment, and she's watching all of her neighbors through her windows and she's alone and she doesn't speak to any of them and in fact she doesn't speak period because we learn pretty quickly that she grew up in syria and when war broke out she fled making this insane journey through the middle east and europe through refugee camps and awful people taking advantage and living in tents on the side of the road and she's come out of it with just no ability to speak just shut down So she doesn't speak, but she has been writing for a magazine under a pseudonym, uh, and she calls herself The Voiceless, and she's trying to describe the refugee experience anonymously. So she's in this very isolated space, and meanwhile, some anti-Muslim hate crimes are committed in the neighborhood. And so neighbors start forcing her to interact with the world in a way she didn't expect. She's not quite sure if she wants to, and it kind of pushes her towards some action so I chose it for this theme because as we see in her memory she wasn't always like this you know she was she was growing up she was getting into college she was starting her life and then this horrific thing happened and she had to change everything Mm -hmm. and the experience of war coming to her and her family and then making that just unthinkable trek through multiple countries has really really changed her so much so that she's just decided she can't Can't put any words out into the world. And I think there's a level of trust here that she doesn't trust herself because she has changed so much, which I think is an interesting thing to think about, like the trusting of your former self versus now and, and all that kind of stuff. I think this book is really dark, but there's also a lot of humor, especially when she's watching her neighbors, because people are weird. For sure. And there's this health nut guy that's always making smoothies. And there's a real bro who's always having sex. And there's a young girl who's trying desperately to look adult. And there's neighbors who think because she's not talking, she's also deaf and she can't hear all the racist things that they're saying about her. Oh, no. Yeah. So there's also some good structural stuff in the book, too. She... It's we're seeing like the things that she's writing for the mm-hmm. magazine, as well as seeing some of her dreams that she's having, seeing some of the letters that come back from her editor, which are just so tone-deaf and like, you know, tell me all your trauma kind of thing, but don't tell me too much trauma. Oh, like, it's a real white no. lady kind of yeah, thing going yeah. on. Um, as well as letters from readers and online tweeters, and of course, you can imagine the idiocy oh, yeah. that is present there. So, but like I said, structurally, it's it's kind of fun because then you're following along. But yeah, it's a it's a real um, a very personal story. But it it feels so much so that she's she she's not quite sure she can trust herself. Also, she doesn't know if she even likes that past version of herself mm. compared to now. And while now you know she doesn't have the ability to speak, she feels like she's she's lived through some shit. Mm-hmm. So she's a lot less naive. She's a lot you know, less likely to be taken advantage of and she's trying to live in the world and yeah, it's a doozy.
1: Wow. It sounds really good though. What a cool premise.
0: Yeah, very good. And like I said, people are weird. And the the neighbors prove that out. Well. That's living in an apartment building. Yeah. No matter who you are.
1: Right, exactly. That's mm-hmm. what I was going to say.
0: It is interesting too because the neighbors can see her watching them. So then there's a weird like almost performance aspect to some of it. It Ooh. it it gets really interesting. Yeah. There's a lot to say about that. There really is. Like, yeah. hey, I'm gonna performance I'm yeah. gonna make all my smoothies. I, that's where I went right away. It's <laughs> like, look at I'm still <laughs> making my health smoothies. Look at how healthy I am. Ooh, look at me put kale Eating. in here. Yum, 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 yum. Yeah, I think he does put a lot of like vegetables and stuff in it. I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, buddy. Now you're just proof now you're just putting on a show.
1: Yeah. I don't need your smoothie show. No. Didn't sign up for that. <laughs> well, th- for my fiction pick this week, it's a book called The Startup Wife by Tahamiam Anam. Um, And it was published in July of 2021. Uh, It's about this brilliant coder named Asha Ray, who is working on her PhD. And she's amazing at what she does. She got into this great program, but she doesn't really feel fulfilled. She's kind of just stuck and she's going through the motions. She's smart enough to do it, but just isn't loving it. And then out of nowhere, she is reunited with her high school crush, Cyrus Jones, and Cyrus oh, is Cyrus. Uh, Cyrus, right? mm-hmm. He's like a bigger than life guy to her. He just has this personality of I do what I want and I don't really care about what other people think. But not in like a, a douchey way, mm-hmm. in sort of just a I'm above things way. Like I, this is the plane that I exist on. They immediately reconnect and find out that they both were kind of pining for each other in high school. And they end up getting married really fast. Whoa. Yeah. And in this, Cyrus encourages... Um, her to leave the program and pursue launching this tech startup that she really wants to do.
0: Okay. She's got this great
1: idea for a program that delivers tailored rituals to people. So instead of like, Hey, I want to get married, but all I ever knew was how I grew up. You answer these personality questions and what things are important to you. And it gives you a ritual from a different religion, from a different culture, from wherever what? that tells that is supposed to be unique to you. So it helps you have this wonderful experience outside of the only things you previously knew. And it creates this whole community. So they end up getting a spot in a startup incubator called Utopia. It's like a big office building. This
0: is going to go bad. Where they go and they can do
1: the tech startup and they can work and they have all these resources. And it's great. But as they grow and expand, Asha's realizing that no one really wants to buy the program from an Indian woman. And so suddenly Cyrus becomes the face because he sort of has this, that's sort of his personality. He knows all these different cultures. He knows all these things. He becomes the face of the program and people buy into it because of him. And he starts getting this huge online following. He is really the thing that they're selling after a while. And as this grows and expands and as they're having success, their relationship starts to falter because he's turning into something that she doesn't like And something that he promised he was never going to be. And she doesn't really know how to reach up and grab what she really deserves and Uh. wants. Because she's really responsible for all of this. So the whole book, there's themes of individual spirituality and relationships especially how those are starting to evolve in our modern age, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, But also, there's this really interesting look at the tech industry and the startup industry with a feminist eye that's Mm -hmm. really worth the read alone. Just, Mm -hmm. you know, how that industry still hasn't come very far in understanding that different people of all different cultures could create great ideas and great programs. And really, it was her idea, but they, you know, didn't look at it that way. I picked it for this theme because their whole thing when they started was they were trying to promise each other that they weren't going to be people that they didn't like, that we weren't going to turn into the cliche. Yeah, And so as it's growing, they're both becoming people that the other person doesn't know anymore, that they're, they're just different. They've changed. And this really intense life experience has done that. This, you know, incubator of being on top of each other together all the time, building a business, building a marriage, being at this young point in their lives has really been the catalyst for everything in their life being different. Mm -hmm. And then it put them both in a position to say, I don't like the person that you became. So really interesting read. I, I loved this author. It was entertaining. Um, In a way that you kind of, you get done and then you start thinking about all these things, which I love. That's kind of like a sneak attack. Like Mm -hmm. I was just entertained (laughs) by the story. And then later I was like, you know what? Damn it, you made me think. Yeah. Yeah. But it it was really interesting. Um, It's fun. It has an interesting conclusion and... And it seemed very plausible.
0: It seems extremely plausible. Mm
1: -hmm. And it was written, I think, I believe, um, if I remember correctly, that I read that she had started writing it before COVID. And then she does work COVID in um, because it came out, you know, in July Uh of 2021. So that was obviously an issue that she felt the need to address. So that was very interesting.
0: Wow. That makes me think too about when we're thinking about like former versions of ourselves or who we promise we will not be. Do you feel like, I should say, I feel like, especially thinking about that five-year window (laughs) that I was mentioning, that some friendships don't survive when you change Mm -hmm. from one person to another, some Love relationships don't survive. Do you think relationships can survive that kind of change?
1: I think it depends on the type of relationship. Yeah. I think that I don't I don't think that you can say blanketly they don't because I don't think fundamentally people change that much that it makes them not able to sustain a relationship or a friendship. I mm-hmm. think that probably those relationships and friendships that don't work weren't really based on what that person was yeah. either one of you was at a point where you couldn't really be yourself or you didn't know who that person was yes. and now you do. And th- that just doesn't work with that person, but fundamentally like good solid friendships and relationships I think can can, withstand can be real, that. Yeah, real with one yeah. yeah.
0: That's a good point.
1: Cause you expect change. I mean, yes. you expect that things are going to be different
0: and you're right. So many friendships, so many relationships, are based on the idea of a person versus the actual mm-hmm. <laughs> who they are. And we do that ourselves. We project yeah. personas, and we we don't. Uh, I feel like a
1: lot of my younger self. There's still a lot of that here. It's just more yes. fine tuned. Absolutely. Like I, I'm constantly. I mean, I operate. I prefer a sense of humor. That's the plane I operate on a lot. When I was younger, I used that as a defense mechanism. Yes. I don't necessarily do that anymore, but I'm still always going to find a reason to laugh. So, like, there's fundamental things about myself that are still the same. So, if you liked that, you Mm -hmm. know, if we were friends based on that, then that's fine. It's just, I feel like those things are like finer, like a fine wine. Oh. They've aged. They get better.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think that's a good point. I think probably both you and I, too, when we were younger, like that, we both had some of the ability that we do now where we're thinking very critically about things. We just hadn't trained that Mm -hmm. in all of the areas that we now have, that, Mm -hmm. you know, we've looked around and we've lived in the world and we've seen so much more that we can turn that critical eye that we've had for so many years mm-hmm. onto more things and and change in that way.
1: Well, and I think when you're at a point later in life, when you pick your friends based on who you want to spend time with, yeah. not proximity, yes. which is oh, generally gosh, what school yes. is, uh-huh. that that kind of changes the dynamic of the relationships anyway. Like mm-hmm. I don't have to be friends with you just because I live next door to you. Yes. Where when you're in school, it feels like you have to be friends with that person because they're in your class or they're your locker partner or, you know, next yeah. door neighbor. It's out of convenience. And so you kind of flex to make that work. But now I don't don't have to like either like it or you don't i mean it is what it is yeah i feel like
0: too um you know a lot of my 20s was trying to hang on to relationships and friendships that have been made out of proximity and didn't quite serve me Mm -hmm. anymore Mm -hmm. i think that probably extended into my 30s it's still a still a thing yeah ongoing oh yeah yeah Yeah.
1: Yeah. it's hard that's not it's not an easy Mm -hmm. thing but i I think that when they're built on something truthful then they can withstand some change i mean I mean, any rational person should think that people
0: are going to change. I no, I'm done changing. I told oh, you. I'm sorry. Yes. Besides you, any other? <laughs> no, we I'm established done. this. I'm out.
1: I'm out. Out of the change. This game. is it.
0: This is all you're going to see. That
1: final version of me.
0: <laughs> that is correct. Uh-huh. Well, I I think my memoir touches on my memoir. The memoir Whoa. that <laughs> the memoir that I am offering for the next pick. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Touches on some of this topic mm-hmm. as well as some other things that we love to talk about. It's okay. called Cheeky, a head to toe memoir, Ooh. and it's by Ariella Elavick. And this is an illustrated memoir, Ooh. and it comes from a woman who started a blog called Cheeky, where she drew picture. She draws pictures of herself and her body. And in this book, she looks at each part of her body and all the cultural messages she had around them growing up. Oh, wow. And how she's learned to let that go. So like, for example, her facial hair. Like she, you know, she has very dark hair. So when the hair comes out on her face, like all of us have hair on our face. Uh But with hers, it's very dark. So from an early age, she started waging war against the black hair on her lips and on her sideburns. Uh. And for that matter, like all over her legs, everywhere. And she felt so self-conscious about her hair for years. And then started thinking like, wait, why? And why, why are we told, why are guys allowed to be hairy as hell? Yeah. But yet I can't show the hair that is on my face without being looked at or mocked or whatever. So she started going out into the world without waxing and started showing off a little bit of her mustache and seeing how that made her feel and seeing some of the uh, power that she started feeling over that. Another topic, her butt, the shape of it, what we're told there, how jeans will never fit Mm. our butts, Mm -hmm. but also her adventures and misadventures with all the things that come out. And one of the things, one of the greatest sections in the book is from the public bathrooms and how women always are waiting to see who's going to go first and if they can hide all the sounds that are going to come from their body. Yes. All of that. It's a wonderful like face off scene. Yeah. Like who's going to fart first? Yeah. Who's going to show that we are actually human bodies? Yeah.
1: Who's going to say? Yeah.
0: yeah. That allow poop to come out where it's supposed to in the bathroom. Correct. Yes or her boobs like the horror when her boobs come in at an early age Mm -hmm. or the horror for other girls when the boobs don't come in Mm -hmm. and the utter betrayal that we feel when we discover that we have to wear bras and she describes in such great wonderful relatable detail about wait what like I have to do this now for the rest of my life like this is terrible this is horrible yes it is is, and then she starts letting them loose Mm -hmm. and she also lets her nipple hair go And it's, again, it's another powerful moment for her. So continues in that vein, Uh all the different parts of her body. And I chose it for this theme because I think she's looking at all the versions of herself. The young, the very young girl that was so proud of her belly and how much she could eat and like, look at how I can move and all that kind of, you know, that young girl mm-hmm. that we all were before society got to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's her adolescent self and her young woman self who learned that her body was something she had to constantly pluck and trim and otherwise feel bad about. Uh-huh. And then now the adult who is looking at all those expectations and picking and choosing and saying like no that doesn't Fit me anymore mm-hmm. or maybe I'll keep Doing this because I do feel comfortable that way You know emitting or uh, Allowing herself a little more power mm-hmm. over It I think ultimately She says like women are hairy Women are gross women are all shapes And sizes and we can feel okay With that if mm-hmm. we allow ourselves to And I think I felt this so Hard one thing she doesn't really get Into too much is the weight stuff that you And I have talked about mm-hmm. over and over And I think there's, like, if we had done this book, there'd be, like, the former version of ourselves that we still struggle with sometimes that are in that hamster wheel of trying to be thin and trying to constantly judge, like, what am I putting in my body and how can I control the shape and size of my body? All that kind of stuff. Right. Um, But yeah, everything here, it's a a really honest look at one woman's struggle, but really all of us. Like, we can all relate to this so, so hard. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's going to be something in here that will make you laugh, something in here that will make you cringe, and something in here that maybe will make you think, "Oh, yeah, I don't have to do that anymore." Oh, so there you go. I like mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Very good. Cheeky.
1: Cheeky. I like that word too. hmm <laughs> It's not used enough.
0: It's not used enough. Not and on used the enough. cover, um, there's a uh, picture of a peach. As there should be. As there should be. As there should be. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, the book that I brought, it's a fiction book, but it's in a different format. So that's why I picked it for other genre. It's called Several People Are Typing by oh, Calvin Kasuki This
0: was recommended to us. Yes. By A.E. Oswald. That's it. Yes.
1: Um, it was just released in August of 2021. So this is a novel written completely in Slack messages. So on a a company um, interweb kind of thing where they can communicate with each other. And Gerald is an employee at this New York based PR firm and somehow doesn't know how he sort of gets contained in the company's internal messaging system. His consciousness gets put in there. Mm -hmm. So his body's outside, but he's in there. Mm -hmm. Everyone else assumes at the company that Gerald's just pulling a prank. That this is, he's trying to to get help, but no one will help him because Mm. they think he's just taking this elaborate prank to a ridiculous level Mm -hmm. to work from home.
0: I mean, I would do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, as it turns out, because he's contained, he has all sorts of time. So his productivity (laughs) goes through the roof. So his bosses are like, yeah, you can work from home. We don't care. So everybody thinks it's sort of like a prank that just sort of turned into a work at home situation. Yeah. So he finally convinces his friend and colleague Pradeep to help him out. And Pradeep kind of buys it because he asks him to go by and check on his body because he's worried about what his actual body is happening to his body because he's stuck in the computer. So Pradeep does. And this starts this whole tug of war where they're trying to figure out how to get him out. In the meantime, you're you're reading this all through Slack messages and you're you're involved in other colleagues' messaging. You're involved in ones about um, what's going on in the PR firm, so actual, like, work meetings. You're involved in personal meetings. And it, it might sound kind of weird, but it is so funny. And it's such a quick read. I read this book so fast because you're just reading the mm-hmm. messages. And it's packed with so much workplace antics and commentary, really, about the state of consciousness. Yeah. And even when we're inside our bodies, how you kind of find yourself connecting to someone else or something else along the way, like you almost do feel like a separate person. But what I loved about it and why I brought it is because it's oddly hopeful, too. It's not one of those that's like going to completely depress you about the state of society Mm -hmm. and how where technology is going, but kind of just heighten you, make you aware, but also there's kind of a nice ending to it. And it's a good story. So mm-hmm. it delivers on that. And I, I love it when you can successfully put humor in with some actual commentary. And, and, and the structure, too. Yeah. Like combining all those. Yeah. The structure. You know I'm a sucker for mm-hmm. a different structure. So I picked for this theme, obviously, because everyone thought that they used to know Gerald. <laughs> and now they're not sure what exactly they're dealing with. Or there's a point where Gerald's body comes into work. And well, he can't doesn't know how to sit
0: oh okay hilarious yeah from there
1: so I enjoyed it I think if anyone has worked in a workplace with interweb messaging you're gonna love it I think if you've worked from home you're gonna love it I Mm -hmm. think if you're a person you're gonna love it (laughs) so pretty much what about if you're a
0: person with your consciousness in slack will you love it
1: yeah it'll give you hope that you can get
0: out excellent I mean that's what we want to do yeah that's such an interesting and brilliant idea And I love that. I I mean, just thinking about sometimes when you stay on like social media for a while or something and then you reemerge, it feels like, oh, oh, I do have a body and I'm I'm separate from the online world.
1: And I think this is a novel that in appearance seems so simple. Like, oh, this, because it's such a quick read, Mm -hmm. you probably think, oh, this took him no time to write. But I think delivering, I'm sorry, delivering, developing the characters in Slack messages so that you have a good sense of each person's personality. That's got to be so hard. I was so sitting difficult. here
0: thinking about that because you can't, yeah, you can't They're not get doing into... anything
1: else besides you get little glimpses into their life by what they say to your fr- their friends at work, wow. but you're not seeing them anywhere else besides on the Slack messaging system. So I think it's really brilliant, brilliantly yeah. done. And I, I'm excited. I hope that he continues and that we see more stuff because to be able to successfully do that right out of the gate, you know.
0: Now I'm curious if Slack is... Um, liking this if they are you know what they're thinking about this book yeah i know yeah and how many people have their consciousness in slack right now
1: a lot i'm gonna guess a fair amount (laughs) i'm gonna guess a fair amount yeah what i also like is that you get to see sometimes they send personal messages to themselves like reminders and that oh you know like people's personal to-do list that's always great
0: i'm also sort of feeling the fact that the body doesn't know how to sit Sometimes I feel like I forget how to do Normal things Yeah
1: I don't know Why that section Really got me (laughs) Then trying to explain This body Like sitting down In a leg Like being out weird Just I don't know Why I could relate To that so hard (laughs) Like just (laughs) awkward Do you have trouble sitting, Erin? I mean, sometimes, let's be honest. I have trouble doing a lot of things, depending on the day. definitely yes. It it sort of maybe felt like a a metaphor for all of us right now, like reemerging into social situations where you still feel a little like... So awkward. Yeah, like, why did I say that? Uh Uh-huh. Like, I've lost all ability to filter myself. Yeah. Or, like, contain excitement. (laughs) Like, we're just at dinner. I don't need to be this giddy. Yeah,
0: but also just like... So I'm thinking I went over to a friend's yesterday and just sitting in his chair that was not my chair. It made me feel like I'm sitting wrong. Like there's something (laughs) weird here. This is not molded to my butt. I know. I can't quite get my legs comfortable. Like I don't. Uh Yeah. So I get that. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I could feel it. Mm -hmm. I felt like. Also, I should admit at this point that I didn't know that slack was a real thing.
0: Oh, because okay. I
1: don't. I currently do not work for a corporation. Sure, sure. So sure. I've been self-employed There's no need for some for you time. To know. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but I got the sense that that it must be something. So I looked it up <laughs> and then realized <laughs> that okay, I thought maybe he made it up. Like I understood the concept, sure. but I thought it was just a made-up thing. You know, like an inter. I mean, I knew those things existed. But yes,
0: but I, I like liked that know. you were like, oh, this must be a thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna mm. look
1: it up, <laughs> and then I'm gonna go watch Golden Girls because I'm seventy. <laughs> What?
0: <laughs> there is something to be said when we were comparing ourselves to our younger versions I mean we are saying a lot of old things yes. these days
1: uh, so many old things yeah so many old things
0: like what is this technology
1: what is tiktok
0: how do I make it work
1: yeah I over where are s- my
0: reading glasses
1: <laughs> that I, mm-hmm. I did just get reading glasses Yeah, no, there you go welcome mm-hmm. 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 I did overhear someone I was somewhere on Friday for one of my children and I did hear someone say how many tiktok followers do you have and I gleefully wanted to yell zero and then I realized they weren't talking to me. They were talking to each other, and that was an important conversation that I was not involved in.
0: So many levels to that. One that you thought you were being involved in yeah. that conversation. No, I wasn't. And second that you were gonna gleefully proclaim to all. Yeah. Zero. And they None. all None like, ah, Aghast. Yeah, I imagine when you have children, mm-hmm. you are routinely shown. How old you are, and yes, that you know nothing. I know
1: nothing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Although I'm getting my revenge because Evan has, I have a, I I guess maybe I haven't revealed this before, but Mm -hmm. I'm slightly addicted to crossword puzzles. Okay. I I subscribe to the New York Times crossword puzzles. I can see this by you. Yeah. Um, They have dailies and they have minis, and minis, no problem. Dailies take me a while. I'm not going to lie.
0: Well, and they keep growing in intensity over the week, right? Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah, Sundays are a bitch.
0: Yeah, you yeah. just had a real haunted look on your face as Sundays you were related.
1: Sundays are hard. Sundays are hard. <laughs>
0: like you just came back from war because today is Sunday and it's really
1: bad because like Monday you feel real good about yourself like I can get a lot of clues the first time like I fly because that's how I do it I go through first and see the ones that I'm confident about sure oh yeah yeah and then you get to Sunday and like you've gone through the whole puzzle and you maybe like a letter like you're like I feel Uh, like that might be the first letter to that word but I don't even know so it's a
0: very humbling process very okay but
1: Evan has now picked up a little bit of this habit well and he doesn't have the New York Times he has a different one but he will frequently do them the car now and he'll ask me questions and his are a little bit easier so Uh i can answer them and you feel real
0: good i feel so good i
1: just can nail him like every time i'll be like boom 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 and he'll be like oh it took me forever to get that one i'm like i am a
0: master like
1: because that's (laughs) where i'm at my life than
0: the 14 year old yeah
1: that's where i'm at in life my level of coolness is determined by how many crossword riding that high tell you what (laughs) And then it'll be like a pop culture reference to some, oh, you know, shit. musician. I'll be like, "What?"
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: MC Hammer. <laughs> no. In Sync. No. Nick Lachey. Speaking
0: of MC Hammer, I heard the other day. <laughs> <laughs> That's a transition. We never expected.
1: <laughs> wow. No, I did not, but I I'm here
0: for it. Wherever this is going, I'm on board. <laughs> I was listening to Nineties on Nine. Okay. And they were doing a countdown from nineteen ninety. Mm-hmm. And I started listening because I was going to see Heath and they were playing Mariah Carey. And I was like, oh, this is a story I yeah. need to Yeah, yeah. And then right after that they played MC Hammer's song where there was singing. Do you remember this? It's Have You Seen Her? Uh-huh. Oh. Now I do yeah. know how you said it, but Have I couldn't place it? it. Yeah. And I listened to that and I was like, This is how why? Where? What? All of the five W's and the all of them. Just yeah. like what? Why? How does this exist? Because it's bad. It's real it's bad. bad. It's bad. Real See, bad. what
1: you need to do, you need to blame 90s on 9 because what they did was just take something and, and they just sort of ruined it. Like, we don't yeah. need to be reminded. You no, know, we don't.
0: That needed to die. That MC yeah. Hammer's
1: not. Just like, I don't need to know the shelf life of an Oreo because I'm going to eat them. <laughs> yeah. I don't care what's in them. No. So I don't need to know that. No. Just like I don't need to know that MC Hammer tried to be serious. I like to prefer that he knew what he was the whole time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's sad. It is sad.
0: Oh, didn't expect to talk about MC Hammer.
1: Today, I didn't but either, but here we are. You know what? You go where you go. That's yeah. in podcasting number one rule.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you go where you go. <laughs> you go where and you that go. meant following Harem Pants over to MC Hammerland, where there now was I'm a just bad, him dance. Yep.
1: <laughs> do you remember did trying literally... to learn that
0: dance, by the way? Because what? I tried oh, to learn oh, that. Oh, I down. tried. Yeah. yeah didn't work. Did I could never move fast enough. But I wanted to be those girls so bad. I
1: couldn't do it fast enough or even do it. Yeah. I mean, there was no getting to the speed part. I couldn't even I... get to the...
0: Yeah, I remember trying to make my legs work in that same way. And I was no. like, huh. No. I don't think I have a future in dance.
1: No. 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 I did know the whole line dance to Achy Breaky Heart. Oh dear God! Yeah, so I mean, that's a
0: difference for my younger self. Yeah, think about that, and tell me if you want me to cut that from the. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fair. Or if question. you want to stand by it, that's fine too. You know what I Just, stand yep, by, it. It okay. is what it is.
1: But yeah, that's a fair question. I probably should. A smart person would, but.
0: Uh-huh. Uh We're bringing to you unfiltered Erin. Yeah, unfiltered me. No cutting her. Mm-hmm. So pop culture wise, I mean, we started pop culture we did. with MC Hammer. We did. But now I've got a podcast, a little okay. more highbrow pop culture, Whoa, if you okay. will. <laughs> we are <nothing> <laughs> I mean, there was a very low bar there. Yeah. But this is called Look Up okay. and it's a original fiction podcast. Ooh. And it comes from Atypical Artists, which is the company that made The Bright Sessions, which I recommended oh, yeah. a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. So the concept of the show is that two teenage boys have come together on a beach oh. at night. One of them, Emmett, has brought a telescope because he's super into astronomy. He knows that's his future, everything. The other, Lincoln, has come and he's not quite sure why he's there. He's kind of surly, but he's there. Their moms are astronauts. And for three years, they've been on the very first Mars trip. So they've been gone for three years and they're due home in a week or so, which is why the families are at this beach, at this headquarters, preparing for the the return and mm-hmm. hopefully the successful return. So... The boys, Emmett and Lincoln, they originally met three years ago when the mission started. And they became fast friends. But that stopped because Lincoln started becoming sort of angry and sullen, you know, Mm -hmm. all of that stuff. And Emmett threw himself into his studies. So now they're 16, they're on the beach, they're looking at stars and planets, including Mars. They're talking about the last few years. And they're talking about their moms. They're talking about the fears that they've had and that they do have about their moms coming back. They talk about the ways their lives have changed for the better and the worse. And then they start to flirt and they get closer. And they're giving each other the strength to be who they could truly be. So I chose it for this theme. I think there's six episodes. It's a very quick lesson. Mm -hmm. I think teenage years are such a transition anyway. Mm -hmm. I think there's so much of like, I used to be this person and now I'm not. And I'm fighting against that person. Yeah. But here it's accelerated because both of the boys have had these huge shifts in their lives Mm -hmm. because their moms left at age 13. And there's also this other aspect of because this is such a high profile thing, they have constantly been uh, interviewed in Mm. the media like they're out in the world. They're being portrayed as the Mars boys. Mm. So there's this public persona that they're having to deal with, too. There's all these versions of themselves then that they have to contend with. And when their moms are coming back, they're worried about who they are. And as they start feeling these things for each other, they're worried about what that means as well. So it's a lot of soul searching and trying to figure out who they used to be, who they are now, right. how those interplay. This is really sweet. It's really touching. I think it gets at identity in a way that's still very relevant to us as adults. Like you, you remember some of this feeling and you can liken it to some of the things that we go through now as adults too. Just that grappling of who we used to be, who we think we are, who we're portraying ourselves to be, all of that. It's wow. a good lesson. Yeah.
1: I love I, sometimes, that uh, genre, kind of the original fiction podcast is so cool.
0: It is so cool. And yeah, it makes me think of like how they're doing it. Just the, you know, the way that we do our podcast and, and thinking of all the elements that go into us producing just this inter, this talking yeah. together show. Then I think about a show like this and yeah. all the sound effects and all the recording and all the people and it's, just like, it's overwhelming. Yeah, for sure. So we're not going to do that. No, 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 that's fine. Mm-mm. I'm not.
1: I'm not equipped for script. Let's be honest. (laughs)
0: I'm not a good actor. Yeah. I don't know how to do that.
1: Well, I, I came back home this week. I'm going to bring you something from HBO. Oh goodness. Mm -hmm. It's a documentary. Okay. It's called fake famous. Oh boy. Yes. And this is produced and directed by Nick Bilton. He, you might remember wrote American Kingpin, which is one of my all time favorite true crime books about the Silk Road. Um, and he has this idea that he is going to take three wannabe influencers and do everything the easy way. He's going to buy their likes. He's going to buy the bots. He's going to do it all and see how easy it is to really fake this whole thing.
0: So these people are influencers already? Or they he's want gonna, to be. He's going to make them. So okay. he holds
1: auditions. Okay. And he picks three people. Okay. And he is going to make them influencers just by doing things That the normal person really can't do, or could, I suppose, if you wanted to be an influencer, but just sort of point out that this isn't real. So, the first thing he does is you can buy these bots that, you know, exponentially move up your likes. You can buy bots that interact for you with the people that say things on your posts. You can buy likes, just straight likes. And he goes into the um, technical details of all of this in the documentary in a great way. That's really easy to understand. So you kind of understand how all this stuff is happening all the time. It helps you understand how messed up the algorithms are on all the social media stuff and how they're sort of bent that way on purpose Uh towards money, towards all of that. It is fascinating because you watch these three people and they have vastly different experiences with this fame, the three of them, even though they all got it kind of the same way and they're sort of all moving up at the same rate. Like how each of them internalizes it is so interesting. Um, they start to get noticed by companies. They're starting to get free stuff. I mean, you can just see the ball, how it's uh-huh. escalating, how it's rolling. And you can also see how they're changing, even though, you know, clear back at the audition. No, no, no. I'm going to be myself. I want to do this. Totally. I want to. And just how different they already are. One of them is like, he wants out. He's like completely freaked out. He's like, this went way too fast. I don't want any of this attention. I, I changed my mind. Wow. This is awful. Yeah, it's. So interesting. And it's it's a very quick watch. So up front, I'm going to tell you, it just sort of scratches the surface of this topic because I think it's deep. I think it's interesting. I think in this world where we're letting social media run companies and uh. dollars and all of that, um, it's a game that I don't think anyone has totally mastered. I think we're all a little co- confuddled by a lot, befuddled by, um, and especially as someone that's a little bit older that we didn't grow up with social media, totally watching it from this perspective and kind of realizing what a game it is, Uh is was fascinating to me. And so interesting to see how those things are set in place and no one's doing anything about it. Like you can just do that. And that's how it works. It's very interesting. And how that appears to other people on social media that it looks like you really are. Yeah. An influencer. Like you really do have, that's how they start getting this free stuff. Cause these companies are following them being like, Oh my gosh, they have all these views. They have all this, they have all that They're, you know, this is a perfect person to get our word out there.
0: There's so many questions then that come up, like mm-hmm. how often are influencers going this route it, and versus it's su- organic growth or whatever.
1: Surprisingly, not as expensive as you think it would be to really? buy some of these things. Yeah.
0: I think you're right though, that, uh, We're still so new to so much, and not just us, this whole world is still so new. Mm -hmm. We don't quite understand the machinations behind it. We don't understand the impact it's having. We don't understand so much about it.
1: No, no. And it's constantly changing. And that's one thing, you know, that's kind of touched on too, is is this idea that you have to hit into these algorithms or hit this just right to be a sensation or to get your message. It sort of took what they say it is. And they sort of prove that it's not that and it's never going to be that. It's not just this format where you're reaching like-minded people who want to see your content. Right. That's almost impossible in the way that it's actually set up. And you can really see that play out on this.
0: I can imagine, too, so much uh, pressure that people like this might feel then to as they're getting – Success, however you define success, whether it's the free stuff or the followers or whatever, you feel like pressured to like, well, I got to keep doing what I'm doing. I can't like change too much. I can't do this. I can't be authentic, really.
1: Well, yeah, the next thing you know, one of them's hiring like a professional photographer to take their, like they're faking shots. Like they're showing you how they make a shot look like Uh they're doing. Like there's one where they're in a backyard with like a backyard kiddie pool, like those plastic things you buy for $5. And they're using stuff to make it look like this lady is at a resort
0: what yeah it is
1: insane and when you look at the picture you're like yeah i would never know
0: we can't trust anything we see anything. there is nothing that is real wow
1: mm-hmm. it'll blow your mind and like i said it's it's not a long investment and so it's definitely just sort of scratching the surface but in terms of an experiment just to see where this goes super
0: fascinating and does he like i mean I know he's doing this as an experiment. Does Mm -hmm. he have some sort of like feelings? Is there an end to this? Like how? Yeah. I mean, it kind of
1: has a conclusion in what kind of where each of them ends up. And I, he started this pre COVID. So Mm -hmm. there's sort of a natural conclusion because of COVID and having to stop some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I get the idea that this is probably a larger project for him that I think this is going somewhere, whether that's a book or what he's working on. I'm going to guess that this is bigger and they just put this part out right now. Um, But I I enjoy him. I had never seen him really, like, on film or in Uh person. I've only read his work. So he's got a kind of a fun personality to follow. And I was, yeah, it was very interesting. And I think it went places he didn't expect either. Like, he didn't Mm. know about that. And that's fun, too, to kind of see them teaching him as it goes. Like, well, wait, what do I need? What do we need to do to make this work? You know? So... I mean, maybe
0: I should watch it and then make um, Ziggy like the influencer. Like, you know, if it's not that expensive, I can buy him some fame. And then he his behavior is enough to keep going. And then we can get some free food. And then maybe like I don't have to keep buying as much.
1: That's what I'm saying. Yeah, we could I could we could Photoshop him on like the Swiss Alps. Oh God, yeah. I mean, you can make uh, now now that I know. Yeah, you can do
0: that, apparently. Oh, boy. Yeah, our traveling cat, our traveling podcast. We'll make him travel all over the world. Yes, yes. And meanwhile, he'll be here afraid of you when you come in the door. Yes, Uh Mm -hmm.
1: hiding in furniture.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know when that transitioned because he was quite um, curious about you at the start. He was
1: almost angry, like he was almost (laughs) aggressive. (laughs) Like he would jump at my butt on the chair and then now he's
0: skittish. He used to even come up on this recording table and Mm kind of get close to your face and just taunt you like, Mm -hmm. hey, touch me. Touch me. You will die. Touch me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I don't know if it's because I didn't react and now he feels like, "Oh, she's that's scary." She's-
0: I think part of it too has become he he doesn't see a lot of other humans. So, that's fair. you know, mm-hmm. anyone once he realizes, "Oh shit, that's not my human."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I got to hide. Yeah, that's I got to get true. in that furniture that I've dug a hidey hole in. That's and true. hide. Yeah. Well, Ziggy doesn't even know what's in store for him. Going to make him an influencer.
1: I I think it's going to be successful. I mean, based on what I saw.
0: I'm glad we learned that.
1: You should. I mean, it's, it's an important lesson. I think it's an important social media learning lesson. We can't trust
0: anything or anyone. No one.
1: There is no one to trust in this world. Maybe MC Hammer. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're willing to wear those pants and make them a statement. Yeah. I might follow you.
0: MC Hammer and Mariah Carey. They're the only trustworthy ones.
1: Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, I think Heath would be enraged that we put Mariah Carey in the same category really as N.C. Would. Hammer, but
0: yeah, we could trust Heath too. I so, trust you him know. implicitly. Yes, yeah, yeah. agreed. Yeah. I agree uh-huh. about that. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. You can
1: trust that we'll be back <laughs> in two weeks. <laughs> Good transition. I wasn't sure how to get there. We Aaron. weren't, we weren't going to land the plane, but then you I decided real quick, it out. real quick, real quick, real yes. quick pit stop. Yes, couple weeks we'll be back. Couple weeks. In the meantime, you can read all these. Yeah. You can check out our pop culture picks. Yeah. You can peruse our website. You sure can. You can look at our bot-free social media. Oh my goodness. No bots there. No bots. All
0: organic authentic goodness.
1: Yes. In the meantime,
0: happy reading. Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.